Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe It Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag and Ike. Mondays are always a little bit rough after a Steelers loss, but still got Monday night football, the Seattle Seahawks going up against the Washington football team. And if you want to place a bet on the NFL action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Anywhere, anytime, any sport, make sure everybody, when they think or even want to, they go to betonline.ag to get their bet on. As week 12 of the NFL season wraps up, Head to the new and updated desktop or mobile site to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, BELIEVE50, to receive your bonus. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, I'm licking my wounds on this Monday, waking up from that turkey coma and the absolute beating that the Steelers took at the mercy of the Cincinnati Bengals, 41-10. to 10. How are you doing this morning, my man? I'm okay. It was tough. It was tough to watch. Um, I don't think Pittsburgh ever got swept, Mark, by the Cincinnati Bengals. But, you know, it's a new sheriff in town right now, and his name is Joe Burrow. And seven didn't play the way seven should have played. So um, in, in that case, they put themselves in a tough tough position. They, as in the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Coach Tomlin will be making these executive decisions from here on out when it comes down to personnel and we'll probably see a few roster changes as well, Mark. Recording this the Monday morning after the loss, and Ike, you're starting out on the offensive side of the ball. Steelers' rushing attack only mustered 51 yards rushing. In the 2021 season, Ike had the Believe in Steelers podcast research department put in some work. Steelers are averaging 112 yards rushing in their five victories this season, only 66 yards rushing in their non-win. So I'm including the five losses and the tie in week 10 to the Detroit Lions. So as the Steelers running game goes, this offense goes as well. Cincinnati able to establish and control the line of scrimmage. And you saw that play out on Sunday. Yeah, it was just tough. So my only concern was the Pittsburgh Steelers defense when it came down to the running game. Now, at the beginning of the season, um, Joe Mixon always said, man, what they what we didn't know about the Cincinnati Bengals was their offensive line had a lot of personality and it was bad boys, meaning they were bar, bar fight kind of guys and them the guys you want to roll with. So we saw it yesterday. We saw Joe Bur- I mean, we saw Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon and company and their offensive line pretty much just take control of the whole game and did exactly what they wanted to do to, to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. That was my only concern. Uh, with, with the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is somebody able to run 
at their own will on Pittsburgh. And that's exactly what the Cincinnati Bengals did yesterday. Um, they put their personality on it. Uh, they took a page out of the Cleveland Browns, and they did what they wanted to do. Now, when you get an opportunity to run like you ran against the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, defense, there go your play-action passes and your receivers running wide open. And Joe Burrow, even though he made a few mistakes and threw an interception, you still come out with a 41-10 to 10, you know, result. So I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't establish the line of scrimmage on the defensive side, and I thought Cincinnati offensive line established exactly what they want on the offensive line side. And there you go, man. Once you start controlling the offensive line, it's fair game. We can call the plays if we want to, if we the Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator, Mark. I'm going to piggyback off this. Ike. It's a concerning trend I have from the Steelers' defensive standpoint for this reason. Back-to-back games, 41 points allowed, 82 points. That is the most in a two-game span during the Mike Tomlin tenure. Previous record of 74 set in 2013. This is more than just Tyson Alualu and Stephon Tuitt being out, Ike, because in the past four games, Steelers have allowed rushing totals of 136 yards to the Bears, 229 by the Lions, 159 by the Chargers, 198 by the Bengals. Joe Mixon going for a career high, 165 yards on the touchdowns. And you talk about being able to run the football, winning time of possession, controlling the line of scrimmage. I look at that four-game sample size in the Steelers' last four games. It is a concern of mine, despite the fact that in this game, yeah, you've got Cam Hayward and you've got TJ Watt, but there's something wrong up front with the front seven. If I look at that four-game sample size and I look at the last four teams that the Steelers have played have been able to run the football and run the football effectively against this defense. I'm going to think Pittsburgh really got to get to a true um, and draft a true D-tackle. What I mean by D-tackle, I'm talking about a Casey Hampton-style D-tackle. You need at least one or two on, on your menu. And the reason why I feel like you need that is because of games like this. Now, in the in the AFC North, and I, and I thought Pittsburgh would be a step ahead, not only do they have good young quarterbacks that are blooming and blossoming right now, but they also have running backs and they got offensive lines. If you, if you look at a, a, a division and you look at offensive lines and who's the best tandem or who's one of the best offensive lines, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, they can run when they want to. They don't have They don't need a starter for the offensive line. Everybody can get over 100. You look at the – other than yesterday, you look at the Cleveland Browns, they got an offensive line. They got a dual threat between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubbs. And when you look at Joe Mixon and company with the Cincinnati Bengals, they quietly might have one of the best offensive line and Joe can run for 100 whatever he wants to if the Cincinnati Bengals want to stick it out with the running game. So you got to get guys to defend that on defense. Now, we do have stout guys and Cam Hayward will be a future Hall of Famer. But at the same time, he's going to need help. How do you give him help? You give him help by giving somebody who's bigger than him, not somebody who's uh can hold the fort down a little bit more than him, a guy who can take on the double teams, because that's what they're starting to do right now. They just start a double team cam and get up on the linebacker. And you're looking at 4.5, five-point yards per per carry when you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you get a big guy. You draft a Casey Hampton who can be stout sitting in the middle. Cam won't, would, wouldn't won't have as many as double teams as he's doing going through right now. And I think a lot of people from this point on, that's exactly what they're going to start doing. They're going to start double teaming Cam a lot and climbing to these linebacks because they know Cam holds the fort down. He just don't have a D tackle kind of body. I guess they're going to take a recipe 
off of what the L.A. Chargers did. The L.A. Chargers started that off of that. When Cam walked down, you know, when he walked down Justin Herbert um, on the next play, they felt like he was tied. The offense coordinator, he double-teamed Cam. And from that point on, that's exactly what the L.A. Chargers was doing when they wanted to run. They just started to double-team Cam. So you get a guy alongside of Cam who's way much more bigger, who can hold that fort down. Cam Hayward can be Cam Hayward. So I think this recipe from this point forward, they will be looking at the L.A. Rams. I mean, um, yes, the L.A. Rams and seeing what they did to the Pittsburgh Steelers and always trying to double-team Cam. I think Cincinnati did the same thing when they looked at the tape, and they are playing the Baltimore Ravens next. We're playing the Baltimore Ravens next. I think Baltimore yeah. do the same thing. So it's going to be an issue. It's a slow – it's a slow leak. Hopefully this leak don't burst, but the Pittsburgh still has got to figure this out ASAP. A player we don't talk about, too. I, I mentioned the absence of Tyson Alulu and stuff on to it, but Javon Hargrave leaving for the Philadelphia Eagles in the offseason was a player we didn't give enough credit to, and that's been on full display the last several weeks now. I know Devin Bush takes his lumps because he's the first-round draft pick in 2019 and the 10th overall pick, but I'm looking at every single guy in the front seven right now and saying, how are you being accountable? Because if you're allowing opposing teams to run at will on you, it sets everything else up for what's been a pretty stout defense. Like really since we started doing this show in the 2019 season. Now I want to go back to the offensive side of the ball too, though, Ike, because when this game was out of reach and we're talking about a four score deficit going into halftime, 31 to three, And I see in the second half when Pittsburgh has absolutely no chance to come back, I'm asking myself, why is Big Ben still on the field? Why is Najee Harris still on the field? Considering you're still in the playoff hunt, you're on the outside looking in, but those players don't need to take unnecessary hits or God forbid if they were to get hurt. Pat Fryermuth catches a touchdown pass, which is great and all. Now he's being evaluated in concussion protocol. So I understand you can't sit every single player who's an offensive starter. There's only 53-man active roster. But right. late in the fourth quarter, it didn't make any sense to me why Big Ben was on the field, why Najee Harris was on the field late in the game. Because if you are going to make a playoff push, you need both of those players healthy and playing well on the back half of the season. Yeah, um, sometimes making bad decisions – you know, um, I thought the bad decision part was leaving those guys your starters in for too long, leaving seven um, in too long, leaving Najee in too long. Um, Fairmont, you know, wind up. Uh, we'll see what happens when it comes down to this concussion. But when you do that, you know, bad things can happen. Um, at that point in time, the game is way out of reach. There's no need for your primetime starters to be in the game. You might as well go ahead and give everybody some kind of experience or give them the reps if, 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 if needed. So, yeah, I disagree. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I agree with you 100%. At some point in time, when you're looking at the clock and, you know, it's 14 minutes in the fourth quarter and it's still not going your way, there's no way you're going to come down for that kind of deficit. Let me go ahead and pull my starters and see if I can save them. Um, hopefully, we still got a lot of games left and there's no telling what the AFC is going to look like. You know, so it's still – if you're in the middle of the pack in the AFC, you still have life. That's the crazy yeah. thing about it. So, um. Yeah, I definitely would have pulled them back. That concerned me why these guys stayed for that long. There was no need to. The analogy I would make, Ike, is you lose the battle, but you could still potentially win the war. So that's the analogy I would make, too. A few other observations before we get into Taylor talk, Ike. 
You always uh-huh. tell me that the sideline tells the story. And during Sunday's game in the fourth quarter, they had a sideline shot of Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and Alex Highsmith on the bench just looking. Pick your adjective, dejected, uh, mad, angry, upset, what, what have you. And it was the shot of the three of them. And I'm just like, man, if there was one picture I could pick from just the frustration from Sunday's game, from Pittsburgh's standpoint, it would be that shot of those three players. Yeah, that's a uh, that that told a story, you know. But you, the three guys you just named, them are three guys who care, who love playing football, who have pride, you know, who's all about their brother. Them three guys you just named, Highsmith, uh, White, and Hayward. Them the three guys you want to go to war with. Them the three guys you know that care about you and care about being a Pittsburgh still. So yeah, that said that said a lot. Them the three guys who saw that forty-one to ten score and said, "Man, this son of a gun hurts." Them the three guys who you just named between Watt, Cam, and Highsmith. Man, they understand what it is to be a Pittsburgh Steelers. One of those guys will be a future Hall of Famer. The other one will be a future Hall of Fame as well. It will be to to be determined what Highsmith may be. Probably he'll be a Pittsburgh still a great. But when you want to talk about two Hall of Famers between White and between Cam, when you want to talk about a guy said, man, hell with this contract, and he told his agent, man, let me sign this and get back to practice. They understand and they know how it feels and what it feels like. And it, they, they don't like that feeling. They don't like that feeling of losing. They don't like that feeling of getting dominated. They don't like that feeling of not representing being a Pittsburgh Steeler. And it's shown on that face between those three. Well said, Ike. Uh, It was hard to find silver linings in this game. One thing I will say that I want to see happen in the coming weeks is if the Steelers do get eliminated from the playoffs, please Mm -hmm. put Dwayne Haskins on the active roster because – He was inactive yesterday. The only game he's been active for, Ike, was the Week 10 tie to the Detroit Lions when Big Ben was out with COVID-19. If the Steelers are eliminated from playoff contention, I want to see what Dwayne Haskins can do with in-game regular season reps to try to potentially find out who the quarterback of this team is going to be in 2022. I tweeted it yesterday, and then I, I should have looked And to see he was not activated, most teams only keep two active quarterbacks on the roster going into the game. So if you've got to go to the backup, you know, most teams aren't backup, even if it's a serviceable guy, it's not going to be as good as the starter. But if the Steelers do get eliminated from the playoffs, I think you have an opportunity to play Haskins, who, might I remind you, is only under contract through the 2021 season, whereas Rudolph is the only quarterback on the roster, Josh Jobs included, Big Ben included, who's under contract in 2022 beyond this 2021 season. So that that is just something, hey, I'm saying it right now. If it happens, I want to see what Haskins can do, what his ability is as a former first-round pick. Yeah, I think if it comes to that situation, Coach T, he'll give the two – you know, two dogs, one bone situation. Um, and he'll present that in front of everybody on Monday and everybody will understand between Mason and between Dwayne that, man, they're fighting. Depending on who plays best in practice, they're fighting to see who starts on Sunday. If it comes down to that situation, I agree with you. Ike, I had one final question before we get to Taylor talk for you. I was trying to rack my brain and figure this out. Worst Steelers lost since when? The one that stuck out to me was 
week one of the 2019 season when the New England Patriots blew the Steelers out. I, I couldn't figure out a game. Worst Steelers loss since when? How would you answer that question? Um, we, we went into New England one, one year and we got our brains blown out as well. I forgot what year it was, but we got our, uh, we got our butt whooped. It was a bad Steeler loss. Um, I, guess, I guess if one of the guys that researched from uh, – from from the Believer podcast, if they could check it out, <laughs> it's going to be against the New England Patriots. I'm talking about we got our head bust. We got our head bust wide open, but we just chalked it up and we understood, man. We're we're going to have a game like that during the year, but I don't think we're expecting to get our butts. Our yeah, butts. it was a. Uh... Re- thank, thanks to the research department. 33 to 3 on September the 8th, 2019. So that was that week one game I was telling you about. And then in 2017, in January, Patriots won 36 to 17. That was 2017. So uh, you had a, a 55 to 31 loss in 2013 to the Patriots as well. Okay. Uh, that, that, so I, that, that might be the one you're thinking of. Yeah. That was the one I thought that was bad, but I guess it wasn't that bad. But that 55 does sound like a lot. (laughs) Double nickel, Ike. Let's move to Taylor Talk, and it's the Mike Hilton revenge game. The former Steelers nickelback intercepting pick six of Big Ben, the very play after Minka Fitzpatrick's first interception of the season, less than a minute in the fourth quarter. And Ike, we're going to pull up this footage now courtesy of NFL Game Pass. Yes, yes, yes. So if you just look at this empty set, and what I mean by empty set, all five wide receivers sitting up in this empty set, there is nobody in the backfield with Big Ben. So as a defender, when I say empty set, I'm thinking the ball has to come out fast because hopefully I'm banking on my defensive line to put some kind of pressure on Big Ben, who's really not mobile in his older years now. So I'm sitting on every route. And what I mean sitting on every route I'm barely moving my feet, and I wish a MF would throw the ball my way. That's what you're thinking right now when you're a DB sitting in that center. So if we run the tape again, we'll pause it at the second pause. If we run the tape again, you can tell they're playing a two-man. So what I mean by two-man is a two-man means two safeties are deep, and everybody, if you look at the Cincinnati Bengals in, on the defensive side, they're playing underneath or they will be playing underneath. So they want to be sitting underneath every receiver and breaking on everything from the outside. Now, you always got to protect the inside. When you're playing two-man under, you always want to protect the inside. And the reason why you want to protect the inside is because that's a shorter pass uh, for the quarterback to the receiver. It's a, it's a, it's a very high-risk pass, but it's a shorter pass. So – when you sitting under, man, your your defensive back coach or your defensive coordinator will always tell you when you play a two man under. Make sure you're underneath the receiver. Make sure you're you're playing inside out. Make sure you're protecting the inside, break on everything that's outside. And if we run this tape again on the third pause, Mark. And I let me hop in here too. One thing I noticed on this play too, look huh? at Big Ben can't really step into the throw, and that's because of the pressure forced by Trey Hendrickson, number 91 of the Bengals, able to bull rush left tackle Dan Moore. I think this pressure disrupted Big Ben's throw. Hendrickson forced three turnovers by pressure against the Steelers. First player to do that, Ike, 
since week 13 of the 2020 season. So his pressure was key in Sunday's game in turnover creation. And it led to not just a turnover and Mike Hilton's pick six. It was, it was a score, it was a pick six, not just the turnover, but getting the score on the same play. Complimentary football, the defensive lineman putting pressure on the quarterback makes the job on the back half for Mike Hilton a little bit easier. So teamwork makes the dream work. So you got a quarterback who's not as mobile as he once was on um, putting pressure on the quarterback and he can't step up. If you look at what we was talking about early before we paused it on the third one, all the guys are sitting underneath the receivers. They're in position. They're protecting the inside, and they can't wait to bend throw it their way. Now, if you go on the defensive line side, man, what you want to do is you want to help your you want to help your secondary guy by getting pressure, and this is exactly what he does. Now, we want to talk about a guy, Mike Hilton. We have been talking about a Mike Hilton for the longest. I have been a fan of Mike Hilton for the longest. I personally went up to training camp and asked why this guy wasn't playing when Kevin Colby gave me the opportunity just to sit in some of the some of the scouting some of the scouting meetings. I asked why this guy's not playing. I asked why this guy, this guy's a Pittsburgh Steeler. Like, and they finally gave this guy opportunity because every time we watch tape as a scouting department, as a scouting staff, this is the guy, Mike Hilton, who just kept come just kept coming up, kept making plays, kept coming up, kept making plays. And some of the guys wanted to talk about his height. I said, height ain't got nothing to do with being a football player. If you look at the Honey Badgers, we don't talk about his height when it comes down to the Honey Badger. He's just a football player. So I looked at I looked at Mike Hilton as a football player. He's a Pittsburgh Steeler. We didn't get to get we didn't get the contract done in the offseason for Mike. Mike had to go handle his business and get his money. But I thought in the offseason, when we're talking about free agency, I thought he should have been a priority for the Pittsburgh Steelers because he did bring that aggressive personality to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And if we run this tape on the third pause, if we can, her pick six to the goddamn house. <laughs> pick six to the house. Uh, I know this killed the Pittsburgh Steelers and took the air out of them. I know everybody on the Cincinnati Bengals defense and team was happy when they saw this because they acquired a guy from the Pittsburgh Steelers and the guy Mike Hilton came through against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's everything that we have been talking about before he went to the Cincinnati Bengals as a Pittsburgh Steelers. Tough, smart, aware, always making plays. So shout out to a Mike Hilton, even though he's not a Pittsburgh Steeler. To me, you still are a Steeler because you bring everything it takes to be a Steeler. I'm sorry you had to get this pick six, seven. I'm sorry he picked six you. But, Mike, I'm happy you got your shine. And if we can run the play, roll the tape, just keep rolling the tape. Mike Hilton on a pick six. Happy for Mike. Yeah, and some poetic justice. I would accuse him, Mike, of being a Benedict Arnold. But you look at the contract situation, four-year contract worth up to $24 million. Right. He's making more than $8 million this season. It's due to make from the Bengals. That's more than twice of any amount he made with the Steelers. And we talked about him in previous years, advocating for him to make a Pro Bowl because he consistently makes plays in the nickelback position. And this is just yet another, you know, a chance where he did this. But he was a beloved Steeler. He played for the team from 2016 through 2020. I do not mind him going to get his money in this offseason because if he's going to double his salary, 
make the most of your opportunity. It was the Bengals' first defensive touchdown as well in 43 games. Ike, it was the NFL's longest active streak. A little bit overdue for the Bengals' defense to score and, and get in the pain, as you like to say, Ike. All right. I'm happy for Mike, man. Mike Mike worked his butt, butt off. Um, him coming <clears throat> all the way down the excuse me, all the way down the depth chart. Um, me watching him and, and seeing what he can do, like, I said, this man, he's just making too many plays, man. Why this man not getting a, a real true opportunity? And then wind up giving Mike opportunity. And, you know, five years later, you know, four, million, four, four years, $24 million, I'm happy for him. And he's making plays like this for the, for the Cincinnati Bengals. So shout out, big shout out to Mike, to Mike Hill. It broke my heart just a little bit, Ike. And I know you're, we're happy <laughs> for him, though. We're happy for him, though, even though he came against our beloved Steelers. Ike, we've got to take a quick break to tell our listeners and viewers about Lightbox. And so the holiday season is here. You might have that special someone in your life or you're thinking popping the question, too. Maybe you just want to get them a nice piece of jewelry. Lightbox lets people all over the world do that. They use cutting-edge technology, innovative techniques, and they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality of lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price of $800 per carat. Mm. Thinking on popping the question. <laughs> so when you say carry, all I think about is diamonds. So I'm glad we I'm glad we can just holler at light box and see what kind of carrots and see what kind of diamonds I may require for this holiday season, Mark. Yes. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. We've got other NFL Week 12 observations, and I, I, this was the part I was most excited about the show. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and I get right. to hold my foot up to the screen to show you that my toe, there you can see it right there, you know my what? toe's in perfectly good health, unlike Aaron Rodgers <laughs> as well. I'm sure you what? saw that. You ain't got COVID toe, eh? No, sir. No, sir. I'm glad. I hope the listeners and viewers understand this joke, but that's what I was most excited to do in preparation of today's show. And Aaron Rodgers did the same thing with media members in advance of today's game. It didn't matter. The Packers win 36 to 28 at Lambeau. Packers a four and zero against the vaunted NFC West. Aaron Rodgers coming off his MVP season. We'll see what he does in the bye week with that toe. If he gets it operated on, whether he decides to just endure, he looked like he was in just regular form on Sunday. Ike. I mean, he, he just playing. He playing like Aaron Rodgers, and and we've been talking about you give Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers can relax and kind of put himself in cruise control and really have fun. And the reason why he's doing that, if you look at his defense, his defense is giving him opportunities to do that. They're playing stout. Then you look in the back, you see a big running back in Dylan, and and you see a nice little scat back in Aaron, Aaron Jones. Then you look at the receivers, and you look at how the head coach is putting Deontay. Devontae Adams in certain situations, putting them in a slot, leaving them outside, letting them go in motion. Aaron Rodgers is having a lot of fun. He got the perfect piece, and I've seen this before. What I mean by seeing this before, i seen Aaron Rodgers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, team in the playoffs when he had all three, a good defense, a running game, and some receivers. And then you get Randall Cobb back. So Aaron Rodgers right now, man, he's just enjoying life. His career is on cruise control, and he's having a lot of fun. And we're going to keep it in the NFC North for this next segment. And I'm going to line up to the right of my camera. A lot like how Kirk Cousins lines up to the right 
of his center and tries to snake a snap from his right guard, Ike. So the the Vikings, no, no surprise, lost to the 49ers 34 to 26. But if you haven't seen this highlight from Sunday, Ike, hilarious to watch. Yeah, I saw I saw the highlight. Um he was in the rush, wasn't, you know, looking at the clock. Uh he just thought naturally that he was underneath the the center. So if you can come back, you can get back to the center. Yeah, I need you back. Okay. Now you're back to the center. You're not on the guard. So you know what I did like about Kirk Cousins? He owned up to it in the post, in the post yeah. of me. Like, man, you know what? I was I had a lot on my mind and I thought, you know, I was at the center. Obviously, I was at the guard. Um, but at the same time, I need to give a huge shout out to Elijah Mitchell. Raging Cajun, running back. All he have done when he stepped into the San Francisco 49ers facility was work his butt off and make plays. And when you want to talk about a quiet team that people don't want to see pushing into the playoffs, there are one of them, the San Francisco 49ers. They're getting healthy. They're playing with the attitude. They're running the ball when they want to. And Jimmy Garoppolo is playing lights out so far. So when you got that recipe, that's the recipe you want pushing or moving forward from November, December football into January. They're doing everything you need them to do. But I got to give a major shout out to Elijah, the former Raging Cajun, who has been toting that rock with the San Francisco 49ers. I love the shout out to your alma mater, Ike. And they're going to need to figure out who's next in line after Billy Napier took the University of Florida job, college football coaching carousel in full swing. Oklahoma's Lincoln Riley's headed out to USC. Now, I saw this report from Adam Schefter that Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury's on the radar for Oklahoma to replace Lincoln Riley. And then the question that I have would be what happens to Cliff Kingsbury's Arizona bachelor pad if he does decide to move to Norman, Oklahoma? No, that's that's just that's a. That's a give me more money move. So I guarantee you, Cliff will get some more money because the Arizona Cardinals GM, the Arizona Cardinals team, the Arizona Cardinals owner, like, heck no. We like what the heck you got going on. And that's a good money move because now they're doing nine years, $95 million coaching in college right now. Mm-hmm. So Cliff can sit back and be like, do y'all want me to go back to Oklahoma and get this 10 for 120? Or do y'all want to do something right now? And Arizona Cardinals going to be like, hold on, wait a minute. Let me go get this check and write a nice contract so you can sit right here for a long time. So it's a negotiating point. And that's interesting because the Cardinals are sitting at 9-2. and two. Kyler Murray is playing at an excellent level in line for the postseason and everything, too. Interesting. See, the unanswerable question I had, Ike, was Oklahoma lost to Oklahoma State on Saturday night. If the Sooners hang on and win Saturday night and remain alive for the college football playoff, would this Lincoln-Riley-USC news have happened on Sunday? Again, an unanswerable question, but I can't help but wonder because he's coached Heisman Trophy winners. He's won more than 80% of his games. He's been to more college football playoff appearances and played in more college football playoff games the cfp than the entire pac-12 combined this was a huge coup for usc to bring in lincoln riley but i love the coaching carousel because it's like dominoes once you set one off the whole thing goes in motion ike yeah link link fit that person that that's what he wanted to go 
There, there was a report that he was upset Oklahoma went to SEC. No. When you get an opportunity like that, as young as you are, as successful you are, the city you're going to, you're going. It, it has nothing to do with Oklahoma moving to the SEC. It had everything to do is, man, who would love this USC job? Who wouldn't take this USC job? Who wouldn't want to move to the land of stars? That's all that was. So they can miss me on that part. Okay. Yeah, I like I like how you leave it there too, right? Because like Norm, Norman, Oklahoma, great place and still a blue blood college program. The Oklahoma right. Sooners win the Big 12 nearly right. every year. So that's still a premier job in college football as well. few other Week 12 observations from the NFL, Ike, and as a cornerback in DB, I know you're going to love this one. Like father, like son, Patrick Sertan's the second's first career touchdown, a pick six in Denver. Patrick Sertan, the elder, his last career touchdown was a pick six in Denver. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, Ike. I thought that was a pretty cool moment on Sunday. Shout out to P. Sertan, man, one of them New Orleans boys. Uh, doing great. I'm talking about Pat Sertain Senior. Doing great things down in Florida. Um, all he have been doing is winning national champ, state championships when it comes down to high school. That's all Tane been doing. And look at his look at his son. His son in Alabama uh, with a high IQ. All he did was make plays when he needed to. Now he get drafted high, goes to Denver, and guess what he doing? He ain't doing nothing but making plays, locking people down, doing the same thing his daddy did. So the apple don't fall far from the tree. I think uh, Sertain the second is probably a better version than his dad because now his dad have installed everything he probably wish he could have did as a player or should have did as a player into his son. Now his son just taking off and doing exactly what we thought he would do, and that was make plays from day one. Ike, final thing, AFC North matchup on Sunday Night Football, Ravens, Browns. I tried to tell you, and – Kudos to the Ravens shutting down the Browns running game. Now, Jack Conkla, the all pro right tackle came back and it looks like now he'll have a season ending knee injury. He wasn't on the field all that long. Browns weren't able to get the running game going. That offense is struggling. And Lamar Jackson didn't play great either. I mean, I credit the Browns defense. Jackson had four interceptions, three in the first half during Sunday night football, but a preview of what's going to be a dogfight in this division. And Ike right now, as it stands entering week 13, I'd probably take the Bengals as the best team in the division. Now, if, whether that's how the race will shake out, whether the Ravens will stay on top or how that shakes out, we'll see. But right now, if you had to say, Mark, pick one team that had to win and that is the best team in the division, I'm taking the Bengals right now entering week 13. Oh, man, it's just hard. I know Lamar was rusty. Um, it's just hard to go against. Lamar, I think, on his second trip, because he's been out for a minute. So I think on the second game, he'll get back to being Lamar. It's just right now, I can't go against the Ravens defense. Yeah. I mean, them boys stout. What they did to the running game for the Cleveland Browns, man, um, you didn't know Nick Chubbs or uh, Kareem Hunt was active. That's just that's just what it was for that day. So, yeah, I can bet against Lamar. Lamar's going to be up and down and do I think he was rusty I think he was very rusty against the Cleveland Browns but that Baltimore Ravens defense and Lamar coming back and he getting in rhythm they're gonna be tough so I'm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Ravens all day in this in this division right now all because of Lamar and what he can do not only pass him but run it 
But that Ravens defense, man, they they went through a few ups and downs at the beginning of the year, but they starting to tighten up as well towards the end of this season. So, Ike, the Steelers will have the Ravens at home in week 13. We're going to have a full preview show due out on Friday. Ravens have the number three rushing defense headed into week 12. We'll see where that shakes out after Monday right. Night Football wraps up tonight. Ravens open as a four-point favorite over the Steelers. Now, that line is now off the board. We'll see how that shifts here in the coming days. But, again, full preview show later this week, previewing the AFC North and really all of football, the best rivalry in the NFL. Ravens-Steelers, it doesn't get much better than that. And we'll see if the Steelers can right the ship in week 13. Yeah, I'm going to rock with the Ravens. Um, I know a lot of Steelers fans are going to be mad at me, and I'm a Steeler to the day I'm in the dirt. But – Right now, the Steelers ain't playing Steelers football, you know. Um, yeah. Everybody has that kind of recipe. They stole our recipe and they ran with it. And that's play good defense and run the dang ball. If you look at everybody who's winning right now, they have a running or some kind of running game, consistent running game. And that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers isn't doing. When the Pittsburgh Steelers win football games, the first thing we do, we come on Monday – we come on Friday, Mark, after if they plan on a, a Sunday or a Thursday, and we talk about them winning and why they won. And the reason why we pretty much on the same page on why they won was we talk about Najee Harris in the running game. You know what I'm saying? So when you get to that point that you're not consistently running, when you don't have who you are, like what is the Pittsburgh Steelers? They don't run the ball well. They don't pass the ball well. When you look at a balanced offense between Joe Burrow and company, Joe Burrow can sling the thing to T. Higgins, to 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 Tyler Boyd, if you want to, to Jamar Chase, if you want to, or you can just ground and pound and give it to Joe Mixon. That's that's who he is. When you look at a Baker Mayfield, and even though Baker Mayfield is struggling, you look at Baker Mayfield and say, "Wow, he has a top ten offensive line." has nothing but first-rounders on his defense. And he got Peoples-Jones. He got a plethora of tight ends. And he got Jarvis Landry. And I forgot to tell you, he got Nick Chubbs and Kareem Hunt. So they have a running game. And if you look at Lamar and what the Ravens have been doing, they getting us up off the street and making us running backs, and we're still winning. That's what the Ravens are doing. First, second, third string back, running back, wind up getting hurt. We're looking at them like, what the heck the Ravens going to be? What's their personality? They still going to be a ground-and-pound kind of team, and that's all they've been doing. they just been, you know, consistent at what they do, and that's running the football and playing good defense, something the Pittsburgh Steelers ain't doing right now. Running the ball, they do play good defense. I think their defense is just kind of getting that – that candlelight is burning out. You know, when you just on the field for a long time, you know, for 13 weeks, you know, your body get tired. You know, I think right now the, the flame on that candle for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is kind of flaming out. And the reason why I think it's flaming out because I think, I think they've been on the field for too long. I think they've been asked uh, too much for too long at this time of the season. So um, that's why I'm rocking with the Baltimore Ravens because – I think the second week, Lamar Jackson would be better in his rhythm and passing, and I'm not going to bet against the Ravens' defense. 
Man, if someone were to listen to today's show, Ike, that last sequence, running and tackling, I mean, it's a, sim- it's a simple game. It's a kid's game. And we'll see how all that shakes out in week 13. So I'm, I'm with you there, Ike, just based on what I've seen here right. in the last several weeks. And I really thought that Pittsburgh would come out in week 12 against the Bengals and right. play the best football we've seen from them all season. That just did not happen. No. Ike, I want to say you're the absolute best. I want to give a shout out to the folks over at the Believe Podcast Network, our producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, and the crew over there. To today's sponsors as well, Bet Online and Lightbox. And I want to thank the, the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Thank you for tuning in and watching. Man, I just piggybacked off of everything you said. Shout out to you, Mark. Shout out to Bet Online. Um, for sponsoring us, Lightbox. Um, thanks for coming coming up and helping us out as well. Welcome to the family. Um, huge shout out to Brinks TV, Believe in Steelers podcast. Of course, uh, want to give a major shout out to all of everybody, the viewers who be listening. Uh, make sure y'all rate us five times, five stars, please. That's how you like your restaurants and that's how you like your hotel rooms, five stars. So we we'll appreciate um, everybody for just tuning in. Hope everybody had a a happy Thanksgiving um, from this past weekend. Of course, I did. But yeah, man, we just want to give a major, major shout out to you, Mark, and, and, and the Believe in Podcast, you know, family. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening and watching the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will see you Friday. Hopefully, we'll see the return of Air Najee flying through the air and getting into the end zone for the Steelers in week 13. But until then, on Friday, we'll see you then. Take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.